Welcome to Transformed by Grace, an in-depth Bible study of God's Word, presented by the Berean Bible Society. Join us each time on this station as Pastor Kevin brings the transforming message of God's grace revealed through the Holy Scriptures. Pastor William Fry once told the following story. When I was a younger man, I volunteered to read to a degree student named John who was blind. One day I asked him, how did you lose your sight? And John said a chemical explosion at the age of 13. I asked him, how did that make you feel? John responded that life was over. I felt helpless. For the first six months, I did nothing to improve my lot in life. I would eat all my meals alone in my room. One day my father entered my room and said, John, winter's coming and the storm windows need to be put up. That's your job. I want those hung by the time I get back this evening. And he turned and walked out of the room and slammed the door. I got so angry. I thought, who does he think I am? I'm blind. I was so angry I decided to do it. I felt my way to the garage, found the windows, located the necessary tools, found the ladder. All the while muttering under my breath, I'll show him, I'll fall, and then he'll have a, a blind and paralyzed son. John finished saying, I got the windows up. I found out later that never at any moment was my father more than four or five feet away from me the whole time. In the Old Testament, God's glorious presence resided in the tabernacle and then later the temple in Jerusalem. Today, under grace, having trusted Christ as your personal Savior, God's Word says that we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit and that we are temples of the Holy Spirit. And because God dwells in us, that's why our bodies are a temple. As a blessing of grace, we have the presence of God indwelling us. And like that blind young man, perhaps we don't realize it, but he's always right there with us. He always is, and He never leaves us. And He is with us in all of life's experiences. We enter into a personal relationship with God the moment that we are saved from our sins and are placed into Christ. And now in that relationship, and with His indwelling presence, God wants us to grow closer and closer to Him. In that spiritual growth, God would have us live out a similar passion of the psalmist here in Psalm 84 for nearness and closeness to God, to seek Him and to know Him more deeply. It's been well said that spirituality is not a formula. It is not a test. It is a relationship. Spirituality is not about competency. It is about intimacy. Spirituality is not about perfection, it is about connection. How strong is your connection to the Lord? That is the question we will consider as we walk through this psalm together. Before verse 1 begins, you see a title before verse 1 that reads, To the chief musician upon Giddeth, a psalm for the sons of Korah. How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts! 
My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Psalm 84 has been called the pearl of the Psalms, and it really is. In its literal interpretation from the past, it is expressing the joy of a Jewish pilgrim traveling to Jerusalem, to the temple, to celebrate one of the three feasts required of the Jews to attend. The pilgrim traveling to Jerusalem focuses his attention on the thought of being in the very presence of the Lord God at the temple. Later, it had a purpose of spelling out the deep longings of the Jews when they were in exile to be back at the temple and back in Jerusalem once again. Prophetically, into the future, it speaks of the blessing of Israel when their kingdom is established on the earth and their Messiah king rules from Jerusalem in the temple and redeemed Israel's utter joy and going up to the holy city to him to be in his very presence. Today, we are under grace, and this psalm has principles for us in our relationship with the living God. The psalm was a song, as seen by the musical notation Selah in verses 4 and 8. Also, at the beginning of the psalm, you see that it is addressed to the chief musician upon Giddith, the psalm for the sons of Korah. First one breaks out in praise, praise for the dwelling place of God. The writer says, how amiable, how lovely, in other words, are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. To the psalmist, it was a place of unparalleled beauty, unique splendor, and unspeakable glory. The word tabernacles being plural refers to the temple as a whole with its various divisions within it. He speaks of the divisions in verse 2 of the courts of, for the worshipers as well. God's tabernacles, His temple at that time, was amiable and lovely because it was the place where God's glory dwelt, because it enabled the Israelite to come into the presence of the sovereign God, who is the all-powerful Lord of hosts, the Lord of the angelic hosts that is all the armies of heaven. Now, of course, in His greatness, God's presence was not limited only to the temple. But the temple at that time did have God's presence and glory and was symbolic of it. The psalmist went on and wrote that his soul longed and even fainted for the courts of the Lord and for communion with Him, yearning just to be near the Lord there. The word fainteth is an interesting word in verse 2. It means to turn pale, uh, to become weak and spent. The writer longeth, yea, even fainteth, which speaks of a, a longing to the point of making one faint or becoming weak and nearly passing out. He was totally consumed in his longing for God. With his whole being, he desired God. Verse 2 says, with his soul, with his heart, and with his flesh, he longed, fainted, and cried out for the living God. So with his entire being, he was consumed by the all-encompassing desire to worship and experience God's presence. 
Psalm 84, verses 3 and 4 say, Yea, the sparrow hath found an house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young, even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee. Selah. I like verse 3. The psalmist's yearning for God caused him to be jealous, to be envious of birds, of all things. He envied and admired the sparrows and swallows who made their nests in their homes in the temple courtyards near the altars of God, his king. He was jealous of birds, which were able to live in God's house, to be so near to God's glorious presence at all times. And he wished that he could do that. I've had the opportunity to visit the Western Wall in Jerusalem two times now. And when you stand there, there are birds that make their nests in the wall. And they're flying all around you while you're standing there. And as I watched them both times flying around above us, around that, by that wall that was so near to where the temple used to stand, I thought about this song. I thought of the psalmist jealousy of birds to be so near God's presence by making their nests in His temple. It made me thinking of having that kind of passion to be close to the Lord. I know I need to keep growing closer and closer to Him. Our connection with God could be stronger for all of us. And the important thing is, is that that's where true blessing is found. Blessing is found in being near the Lord. The closer we are to Him, the more blessing we find, the more strength we find, the more wisdom we find. And we see in verse 4 that the psalmist wasn't only jealous of birds, but of men, or the priests and Levites who were engaged constantly in the service of God in the temple. The writer says, Blessed are all those who dwell in God's house serving the Lord at His temple. And then the psalmist reasons that to have such a duty in such a privilege in doing that service, they must be, they have to be, continually praising the Lord. And they will continue to do so into the future. Selah. Selah is a musical notation allowing for a pause in the music and for thought on what was just said or sung. And I like seeing Selah in Scripture. It's like God's reminder to each of us Stop and think about that. The psalmist wanted the reader or the singer to think about the blessedness of being in God's presence and how great our desire should be to commune with Him. And as we stop to think about it, we should stop and think about 1 Corinthians six nineteen and 20, which says to the body of Christ, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. For the believer, our bodies are the temples of the living God. 
We have the presence of God within. We don't have to be jealous of birds. But do we realize that we have Him within us? Do we live in light of that grace? Our hearts long for many things in this world. We want financial security, a certain car, the perfect home, the right job, this and that experience. But even after we have many of these things, the heart still aches for more and for something else. But if we would long for the living God and know Him and seek a stronger connection to Him by His Word, we will find blessing and strength and wisdom and peace and cause for true joy. But think about verse 4 too. Stop and think about that verse. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house, they will be still praising thee. And then think about your loved ones that may be in heaven at this moment. Blessed are they that dwell in his presence. They are blessed and they will be still praising thee. We'll be returning to the program in just a minute. But first, we'd like to take this time to thank you, our partners, for making these programs possible. If you would like to access our library of helpful Bible study tools, go to BereanBibleSociety.org. A Praying Life, True Spirituality and Prayer is a 50-page booklet written by Pastor Kevin J. Sadler. This booklet demonstrates from Scripture how God desires prayer to fill the Christian life. God hears and answers prayer, and He tells us in His Word to pray without ceasing and commune with Him continually, relating every experience in life to Him. There is no part of our lives that isn't prayer material. To order your copy, contact the Berean Bible Society for pricing and availability at 262-255-4750 or visit our website at www.bereanbiblesociety.org. To receive our free full-color 32-page monthly magazine, The Berean Searchlight, call 262-255-4750. Or subscribe online at www.bereanbiblesociety.org. Thank you again for your generous gifts. And now, back to the teaching with Pastor Kevin. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them, who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength. In verses 5 through 8, he focuses in on the traveler going to God's presence in the temple. For those pilgrims, the writer blesses those who find their strength and put their confidence not in themselves, but in the Lord. Now, we too are earthly pilgrims on our way to God's presence in heaven. And blessed is the man whose strength is in God as we travel through this life and through this world. The second part of verse 5 correlates to the latter half of verse 4. In other words, in whose heart are the ways of them goes with those who are dwelling in God's house, who he says, they will be still praising thee. The them 
of the ways of them are those serving in the temple who are praising God as they minister. So he is saying that as these pilgrims are traveling, they're praising the Lord as they go, just like those already in God's presence serving in the temple. And that's what we're to be doing. In our hearts, we rejoice in the Lord always as we journey through life on our way to being with the Lord. We praise Him as we go. The writer says that as the Jewish pilgrims are traveling, they pass through the Valley of Baca. The Valley of Baca is said to have been an arid, waterless place on the way to Jerusalem. But as these pilgrims go up in the strength of the Lord, praising Him as they go, they transform this sad, arid valley into a place of joy. Warren Wiersbe pointed out, Baca is a Hebrew, Hebrew word meaning balsam tree, and the sap of this tree oozes like tears. The Valley of Baca is a name for any difficult and painful place in life where everything seems hopeless and you feel helpless. The Valley of Baca has also been called the Valley of Weeping. And that speaks of the low times in our lives that we pass through on our way to the Lord's presence. But as the believer finds their strength in the Lord and gives thanks in everything, even in the difficult valley, that valley can be made a well or a spring, a fountain. And the rain filleth the pools, it says. The Lord can turn the place of weeping into a place of blessing and use it in our lives to create a stronger and closer connection to Him. Keeping this in the context of Israel's program, there is a prophetic thought here for Israel going through the valley of Baca or the valley of Jacob's trouble, the seven-year tribulation period that's in their future. But they are heading toward the earthly millennial kingdom, which Peter refers to as the times of refreshing. Speaking of the earthly kingdom, the Lord says in Ezekiel thirty-four twenty-six, And I will make them in the places round about my hill, or Jerusalem, a blessing, and I will cause the shower to come down in his season. There shall be showers of blessing. Speaking again of the travelers to the temple, the psalmist wrote, I like this, they go from strength to strength. This is good. It means that as they traveled step by step, day by day, they gained strength. As they neared God's presence, joyfully anticipating their arrival to be in His presence. Verse 5 says that their strength was in the Lord as they journeyed. And as they got nearer to the Lord, they went from strength to strength. The strength of His glorious presence. And going from strength to strength, we find a principle in that for us. Because we can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. We find our strength in the Lord. In our lives, we find daily strength to live for and serve the Lord through His indwelling presence as we walk by faith. And we are going from strength to strength. As we walk in the strength of the Lord, we are going to strength, the strength of His presence and glory. 
Instead of getting weaker, we can get stronger. Though the outward man may perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. And as we get closer to our home, we gain spiritual strength at the anticipation of being in the presence of our Lord and Savior in heaven. Psalm 84, 9-12 reads, Behold, O God, our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. The psalmist prays, and he further addresses God as our shield. God is a defense, as a shield in the day of battle. The writer prayed that God would look upon his anointed, or the king of Israel at that time, with favor and blessing. And this translates into the future millennial kingdom, when the presence of God will dwell in the temple, when the person of Israel's Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, In that day, God will look upon Israel's king, his beloved son, the Lord Jesus, of course, with favor and with blessing. And Israel will be safe from harm at that day. God will be her shield, and they will dwell safely in the peace of that earthly kingdom. The psalmist then reaffirms his love for the temple and God, stating that one day at the temple, in the presence of God, was better than a thousand days spent elsewhere. He doesn't say one year or one month or one week, but just one day was of more valuable than one thousand days, nearly three years spent anywhere else in this world. Just one day of fellowship with God was a thousand times better than anything else. To be a servant in the house of God was better to him than living in the lavish tents of the wicked, which refers to the temporal nature of the world and the pleasures of sin for a season, as Hebrews 11.25 says. Being in God's presence as a doorkeeper in God's house was infinitely superior to this. There was no comparison in his mind. Being in the presence of God's glory, in the presence of God's goodness, is better than anything this world has to offer. He says, I'd rather just stand at the door of the temple and just be near to God. Just being close to Him, just being a humble doorkeeper at an entrance of a court anywhere in God's house. Even if He was never able to enter inside... That was more of a blessing to just be near Him. More to be preferred than dwelling on the inside of the tents of the wicked. Do we have this strong of a desire for God? Colossians 3 says to to set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Romans 12.2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We're taught these things about being not conformed and not setting our affection on things in this world, 
We're taught these things to drive us to God. Because this world has nothing to offer in comparison to what we find in God Almighty. Everything and anything else falls short of Him. The greatest blessing for your life and mine is to be near the Lord and to know the Lord. And when we find things that we learn about God in verse 11, we find in knowing God that He's a son and a shield who gives grace and glory. To us, to believers, the Lord is all we need. He is to us what the sun is to our earth. He gives light and life, warmth and joy. We find life and life abundantly in Him. The light of His Word illumines our path and guides our steps. Here in Wisconsin, during the winter, often it is cloudy and overcast and we don't see the sun for a while. After a prolonged period without it, when we have a sunny day, we are glad for it and it brightens our day. God is a sun. We find everlasting joy, warmth, comfort, and gladness in Him. And He is our shield. We find spiritual safety in Him. He is our defense. And God is a giving God. We learn about that in knowing Him. He gives grace and glory. And I like how the psalmist links those two. Because grace and glory are connected. The bestowment of the one is followed by the other. Grace comes before glory. We are saved by God's grace, and now we have the hope of glory. And in the journey of life, God gives grace, His undeserved kindness, comfort, and strength for the journey. At the end of the journey, glory is waiting. He will give glory and welcome us into His glorious presence one day. In conclusion, the psalm looks up to God and with a heartfelt exclamation, he says, O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. True blessing in life is found in trusting God and constantly trusting Him. The one thing that makes man blessed is trusting in God. Trusting in Him at all times for all things and all circumstances. This verse is an encouragement for all to do the same and find this blessing. Have you trusted Him as your personal Savior? Just believing that Christ died for your sins personally, was buried and rose again, you are saved from all of your sins and you are ready for heaven, all of that as a gift of God's grace. Having trusted Christ as our Savior, God's desire is that we have the psalmist's heart and the psalmist's passion and his passionate longing for the presence of God and to be near Him. The psalm applies to Israel's hope in the millennial kingdom and to be in the presence of the Lord and her Messiah in the temple. But it also makes you think of our hope when we will enter Christ's presence in heaven. In the glory of that day, because better is just one day in His presence, the psalmist says. And think of it, when we go to be with the Lord in heaven, we will never ever leave that presence.
Thank you again for tuning in to Transformed by Grace. We appreciate your prayer support and the financial gifts. The purpose and mission of the Berean Bible Society is to help you understand the whole counsel of the Word of God. For more information, visit our website at www.bereanbiblesociety.org or give us a call at 262-255-4750. Or if you prefer, write us at the Berean Bible Society, P.O. Box 756, Germantown, Wisconsin, 53022. Now until next time, may you be transformed by God's grace.